This episode goes off the fucking rails. Off the <laughs> rails. Drop, like, okay, so Commander Chakotay is the worst first officer in the history of Starfleet, considering the fact he was like, oh, the evolution of humanity has been born, and here it is, and we're a science vessel, and, uh, huh, ah, eh, fuck them, leave it. We don't want to deal with this next week. I will not have a bad word said against Lieutenant Commander Chakotay, Is by the way. Commander? Oh, I forget. I don't care. Um, <laughs> and he, he uh, and neither did the writers of Star Trek Voyager, uh, especially <laughs> from season four onward. But, um, uh, like, I'm now like, oh, yes, yeah, Seska should have had that baby. He should not have had children. Like, he, Seska should keep that child. He's better off with the Kazon than... than than Chakotay, oh, yeah. considering the fact that Chakotay just let, abandoned those children on without their parents, which, like, also, like, okay, if you're not even, like, this is humanity, it's like, maybe they need to nurse, maybe they'll die in the environment without their parents there to protect them, like, eh, fuck these kids. But, uh, like how I felt uh, last episode. I uh, believe, uh, you know, yeah, oh my god, yeah. Uh, but I believe uh, Chakotay would file that under not my problem. Um, so, I mean, he's yeah. honest about it. But actually, funny about Seska's kid, Seska's kid was not his baby. That was Mash Cole's oh, baby. Oh, yeah, it ended up not being. Yeah. That's right. Uh, exactly, That's right. yeah. It's when, you know, it came out born with the Kazon head hair. It's like, um, well, we're her, noticing a distinct lack of Chakotay DNA. Her pussy is shattered. Uh, oh, yeah, like, she, God <laughs> love that poor woman. She was dead either way. <laughs> Woo! Wow. All right, well, uh, I'm Jack Tracy, and I'm glad we started with dis- a discussion of... Seska... Pusica, uh, <laughs> just torn oh. asunder. Um, uh, I'm Jack Tracy, and I'm of course joined by my lovely co-host. This is where you oh me yourself. hi yeah. hi I'm Sean, and I'm really slow today. Apparently, yeah, we've, uh, we've not, only I done am this. Not traveling at warp ten. We've I only am. done this nine times, <laughs> <laughs> like ever. We have never spoken outside of the pod. I do not know anything about this man other than he likes to wear a star on his head. He's he's electro. Oh, I don't think they see that. There's a because I'm not recording at the camera. You're seeing me. Uh, um, the star above my head is is up there. That's what's giving me the lovely. I'm sorry, he keeps failing you. That's what gives me the lovely backlight. Well, let's continue to fail you the way uh, fail the audience the way that uh, this um, episode (laughs) failed failed um, us and everyone. Um, so I, I'm interested when you get into the sort of background of the episode, because I know you have some, some facts about mm-hmm. why, why, um, Robert Duncan. Just, do actually like, do it, just, just, just why. why? <laughs> so if, if I, on a scale of ghost candles, I'm, I'm putting this one at a two, three out of five. And the reason I'm doing it is this episode starts extremely strongly. This is a move along home situation where I was watching and I was like, like, it, it fooled me. It tricked me. I was like, huh, this is actually isn't bad. Ooh, I like this relationship between these three. Oh, this is an interesting concept. Oh, and then, and even at the beginning of the body horror, I was like, okay, okay. And then the fuck, the fuck is where it went. Lots of questions, few answers, lots of questions. Um... So, so a quick run through of this episode. We've got uh, Paris, Kim, 
and Balana working as a as a threesome, which I actually really enjoyed, and I wish they did more about their you know camaraderie in later seasons. They're a great group. You're right. Yeah, really great group. Kind of like the the Wonderkin you know group, and they're trying to break the barrier. You know, they're trying to find ways to get home, which I feel like also they kind of abandoned. Like the whole like let's let's figure out new and interesting scientific ways to try to get us home. Like that really got lost in later it, seasons. It's it's like yeah, like season one, season two, it was right. like your kind of your primary drive. And then as it right. went along, it became we kind of need to do an episode of the week. Let's do a wormhole. Right. Let's do a piece of technology. But it right. it sort of stopped being their main thing. Even right. though like oh, we're always trying to get home. Sure, but you could tell like priorities right. shifted. So their their experiment fails. Uh, they go to the mess hall, which I always thought was an ugly set design. It's just not. It's just ugly. And they're there at the set design. They're there at the the mess hall, and um, uh, they they start off being a real dick to Neelix. Like they're they not do a bit. They're they're nasty to that man. Uh, he yeah. is annoying annoying as fuck. But they're supposed to be Starfleet. Like anyway. So they're mean to him. Like you moron. You couldn't possibly understand what we're doing. And then he has an idea that actually gives Paris an idea, and they go back and they do it. And it works. The Jenny was like, yay, start, you know, figuring it out. You know, start doing, getting ready to do the actual, because they were doing it on the, the holodeck. Um, he does it. It works. Um, he gets back from warp 10. They, uh, so he breaks the barrier. He talks about how, like, time really had no meaning. And he saw all everything at once. And I really loved that. And just being overwhelmed by, like, what it was to sort of be beyond time and reality mm-hmm. and all of that. And then, uh, well, one, one, and I'll talk about this later, we get some weird, I don't know, there's some weird conversation out of nowhere where Tom was horny and creepy, because he's always horny and creepy, because this is Berman Trek. Just mm. like, ew, Tom, gross, just gross, just, Tom always, he's just this pussy hound, and he's gross. So there was something about that, I forget, I wrote it in my notes. And then, um, they... He starts changing, and he gets down to... Oh, and the, like, kiss me, Cass. Like, were they dating at this time? Uh, they'd had a... Up to this stage, they'd had a bit of an on-again, off-again. And they do something again in season three. This is season two. Right. They do something again in season three. But, no, it was really more of a season one thing. Interesting. So, gross. And he starts turning into a lizard, which we don't really know yet. Um, he dies, he comes back to life, and then he, they, they decide they're going to strap him to the warp core to Mm -hmm. irradiate his evolved DNA. Antiprotons, yep. Yeah, antiprotons. Um. It's the handy MacGuffin. Right. (laughs) Uh, no anaphasic energy, uh, but antiprotons or, uh, metaphasic shielding. Oh yeah, I love that. other other things. So they they irradiate him. He's like, nah, I I need to procreate. So he breaks out of the thing. He runs away. Janeway tries to stop him in the turbolift. He knocks her over, pulls her into the shuttle. They go to warp ten. Eventually, they find the shuttle. Chakotay and Tuvok beam down to the planet. They find two salamanders. Yeah, Salamander, yeah. Manatees? Sal- Salamanatees? Salamanatees? 
Salmanity, I like it. Yeah. Salmanities. It's better um, than Malamander. Malamander. Oh, Mal is bad. Uh, he immediately shoots them, despite the fact they've done nothing. And so we got Chakotay stunning animals that pose him no threat, and then sees that they procreated, says, eh, they'll be fine. Before he has a chance to kill them, they swim away. Right, 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 right. Just saw them murder their parents, and so they they flee. Uh, And then beams them up, and within a a commercial wipe transition, suddenly the captain and Tom are back to how they were, and Janeway makes some sort of casual joke, completely ignoring the body horror she went through and the fact that she wasn't in a sick bay so she probably went through the most extreme pain of her life to transform oh, yeah. and then transform back we no nothing about that she just uh goes hey how do you know i didn't want to fuck you <laughs> la 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 isn't that funny ship goes away um so again i come back to my original hypothesis that this episode goes off the fucking rails I remember seeing it. I remember the toy of Paris as the lizard, which I thought, the Playmate toy, which is uh, currently hanging from your chest. And, and thinking, why? Why would you make, this isn't Riker as a Malkorian. Why would you make this? This isn't um, Geordi as um, uh, veiny, glow-in-the-dark, uh, invisible crisis, identity yeah. crisis Geordi, which oh, I feel like because- is what they were going for. Again, this is so clearly, it was such a, a watershed moment in Star Trek. I mean, this is up there with yesterday's Enterprise, Best of Both Worlds, Way of the Warrior, for you will remember this episode. Right. I mean, they broke the Warp <laughs> 10 barrier. You know, it's very similar to when um, uh, space environmentalists told the Enterprise D that a warp drive is destroying the universe, and then we never heard about it again. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, one of the most critical moments in all of the next generation. And in fact, in fact, it took some digging, but one episode makes a somewhat reference to this yes. in the Pegasus. You are authorized to exceed warp limitations. And it is right. never like, obviously, they just took that and ran with it. Right. Like that one authorization was for every single race in the... Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It parallels the environmental... If Star Trek holds a mirror to society, uh, it really parallels the environmental debate. Eh, fuck it. (laughs) Uh, Be grand? Okay, then. So interesting. Um, I don't know if I clearly remember. I, I did think I watched it in first run. Um, again, Voyager, like, well, Voyager was on for us UPN, which was Paramount's, um, cable network. Uh, and I think it was on at a regular time. So I did like sit down and watch this in real time. I think I remember a a WTF moment and yeah, this is, this is very much trying. Voyager as always takes ideas from the next generation that Rick Berman remembered and then does it poorly. Um, so yet another case of that. They tried to do identity crisis mixed with nth degree. Kinda. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, that's 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 a very good like yeah. idea of mashing those two together. That is kind of what this is. Right, and it's terrible. So what do you remember, and what background information do you have? Uh, so I actually one thing I so obviously I don't remember it from the first run. I did watch it, but I remember in subsequent watchings that I watched the first run censored. So there's things like when he pulls out his tongue. I was years later 
before I realized what was happening in that scene because it had been the scene had been shot much like his tongue from that part of the episode because I can't remember if it, the two big channels that we would have watched it on here would have been either BBC Two or Sky One. They would have been they're both terrestrial channels, huh. so they were airing on that. And BBC particularly was notorious for editing uh, episodes because of time of the day and all that sort of stuff. So I just, in, in my view for ages, he just started choking and then suddenly had a speech impediment in the next scene. Uh, I was like, all right, okay. I mean, now I was, what was it? I think this was 1996 this episode came out. So I would have been eight. So I didn't do an awful lot of thinking about it. You were about 22 then. So does this really, uh, like, do you have clearer memories of this? Um, anyone not watching the video of this? Jack is kind of, like, I can see his fingers texting how much, like, Sean, go fuck yourself. Um, love you. I can see the hatred in your eyes. The hatred and pain. You're so pretty. That's the um, most beautiful thing anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. Uh, um, I will say you hit 22 and you stopped aging. That's well, right. Well played. Well played. Damn right. Uh, you've you've uh, taken all of the blood from the children in, and the children shall lead, and you've just been bathing in that ever since. And hey, listen, you've got a sparkling glow. My youth is fueled by sparkle blood. Um, so <gasps> I I was 14. Thank you very much. And because I was still in prime, so I was. It was kind of late. For like action figure stuff, but I was I was still buying the action figures, and I wasn't like I'm not a mint and box guy like I, I am yeah. now. But like I was like, take them out, I want to play with them. Um, so let me run through my notes for pros and cons. Um, I love how Janeway's like, you can't do this. We need you. Throw Kim in it. <laughs> we we don't need Harry. <laughs> like fuck that guy. But like, we it's need so you. We need you. Uh, Horny Paris is creepy, obsessed with virginity, weird. Um, The pepperoni thing was odd. The kiss me was odd. Um, The dad stuff was like really showcasing that honestly Robert Duncan McNeil is not that great of an actor. That's just a bad, like, oh, God, God, I do it for my dad. Like, no, no. Um, I really liked, and I know it's setting up for stuff later, Um, I really like the Kazon Trader stuff. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Kind of. I liked it. Yeah. What uh, were you going to yeah, say? Jonas. I was going to say, yeah, Jonas. I kind of, because for a long time, uh, I would have done most of my rewatches of Voyager kind of starting Scorpion. Um, not saying it's the right thing to do, but that's just what I did. Mm. Uh, so I didn't watch seasons one, two, and three an awful lot. So since I've gone back, I'm like, who the hell is jo- Oh, Jonas. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. Hogan. I hope he sticks around. Never mind. Um, oh, and there's Carrie, and oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a lot of that going on. It's just right. like, oh, do you remember those characters? No, neither did the writers. No. Um, a Carrie came back to die later. 100%. They redshirted him, 100%. Right. Like, the only thing he didn't do was say that he and his wife had just bought a boat called the Live Forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, here's here's my daughter. I can't wait to meet her. I'm one day left to retirement. Carrie, I'm going to shoot you here on the ship. I'm going to save you some time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, your kid's terrible. Die. Um, so, uh, questions, I mean, the pulsing head and derangement was weird. Why wouldn't they sedate him? Why wouldn't they sedate him? Didn't they try? Did they? Didn't they try and they couldn't? Now, I don't know if stasis was ever discussed, but I think they did try and for whatever reason it wasn't taking. But, yeah, there is some bits where you're just like, the doctor's just like, 
can you sedate him? Oh, yeah. Why aren't you? Oh, he was, he was a dick to me. Would would that push have knocked Janeway completely out cold? That seems there, weird. So, I will actually, right. I want to talk about that scene uh-huh. just on its own for a moment. Um, because I have, it, it, it doesn't sound like it's going to get there. I have a pro about that scene, right? The pro is that there has been a lot of discourse mm. for years about, what don't we see uh, immediately after that? Because basically the next thing we see is she is totally out of it on the shuttle. And then we know they have children together. So there has been a lot of discourse as to what was actually happening in that turbo lift. Ew. And w- one of the things that I like about how it's filmed is that you can take it incredibly literally and go... He just jumped it now. Advanced strength, or he just pulled his way out of the uh, warp core box. So, like, we know he's got advanced strength. Okay. So, he could kind of dive at her, you know, with the kind of strength behind it. So, I'm actually totally fine with all that. Okay. And I choose, I choose to go, he knocked her out, and his instincts completely took over. I have to get off the ship, I have to get off the ship, I have to get off the ship. But those same instincts were, I can't be alone. They go to the shuttle, but by the time we get to the planet, she has started to undergo the changes, which is where a less good show would have suggested things before that. And they don't. And another good thing is that at this point, this is in Paris. Right. No, no, I'm fine with all of that. Um, um, and I assumed they didn't have sex until they were lizards. Um, um, but... And I, my motivation for him in my head was like, just this like, I need an I need a female so we can like start the species like we need to procreate so we just like woman yeah I knocked her out take her, um so do they not have a way to knock something out of warp? Um, try, like isn't there a the, way to knock something out of warp? I think I think it has been done in other things where like. So some people say about the Starship prefix codes, and I, I think, unfortunately, that doesn't rock anymore because of how easily the Enterprise was able to use the prefix code in Wrath of Khan. I think that would have had to have been changed that maybe only the captain has the prefix code, something like that. But Otherwise, also, you would have been able to do that in TNG The Wounded when the right. Phoenix was flying around. But I, like, I believe that more for shuttlecrafts of the parent ship. I think everybody should, should just have that. Because didn't Riker be tap him. into a, a shuttle and fly it into a beam at one point? Do you remember when Riker tapped into a shuttle and and had it destroyed because of the oh it was Timescape which I really like. Time. Oh yeah, and the, and it's the runabout, wasn't it? it it's a runabout. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now I'm I to be honest with you, I'm not going to. They should have been able to do that. Right. I don't think Paris in that frame of mind would have the wherewithal to change access codes or anything like that. Right. It's just purely like there's a big go button that he's just pushed. So. Um, before my notes go to all caps, because they're all caps after this point, uh, I had, in millions of years of advancement, we're still gendered? And rightly so. No, I'm not even. Um, <laughs> no, like, it's... Right. Uh, and and I, then and then we get all caps, and then I'll let you do yours. Uh, then we get all caps. Why did he shoot them? Left offspring on the planet? Resolved so easy. Where is the trauma? Why are they lizards? Yeah. Yes to all of the above. Um, funny timing, right? So this week, uh, so you suggested this for us last week. I did. And this week, 
uh, Justin Lee of Gazelle Automations dropped this amazing, uh, in the style of Star Trek, the animated series. Mm. Uh, basically, uh, some of the, kind of the last act of Threshold. And I had a chance to speak to Justin yesterday about the the thought process that went in. It's like, why this episode in particular and the, and the choice that went behind it. And he just kind of went himself and his wife, they were watching Voyager and they got to it and they just kind of basically looked at each other and went, oh, this is abs- this is a cartoon. And something that in, if, if you've seen the, uh, the video, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you'll find it on YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, what he did for particularly that last scene where they're on the planet, which I think strengthens it so much is he just turned it into a comedy. Yeah. You know, he put in the Chakoda, you know, the, you know that animated series gif of the of Kirk going, oh my God, he's got Chakotay doing that. He's got Tuvok. It's the exact same dialogue. Right. He's changed the music and he's changed the animations a little bit and it works so much better as a comedy. Like when those little alien heads pop up, uh, it's... Doop, it's, doop, it's, doop, 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 doop. Exactly. it's like that kind of music. Yeah, the dirt and, music. And I'm like, right, that work because that turns it from... You know, in funny, like the ethical questions are all still there. Why do you shoot them? Why do you abandon them? What's going on? And yet, when you just change the tone, because threshold, one of the one of the issues is that it doesn't lean in to the ridiculousness of the camp as much as it should have. It does it in a. I, I think you're right. They kind of went. No, this is going to be a, an nth degree. I actually really like that an nth degree identity crisis kind of episode. And I think unfortunately, it just. Whether it was hampered, it, to do it the style they did it, it could have been hampered by being a one-parter. Someone somewhere's eyes just twitched by going, you wanted a two-parter of Threshold? But the story is not long enough to cover all of the bases. Because as you mm-hmm. say, it's like, oh, there they are on the planet at the end. It's like, right. what? And, and also, and I mean, I'm sure this is in your notes because we've been discussing this since 1996. It's like, at no point do they address the fact of like, fly home then. And then just flood the ship with those anti-proton things the doctor was doing. Everyone's fine. Take us to Salamander Warp. We get home tomorrow. Right. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, grand, okay. And then, so everyone go into whatever. Maybe we'll, we'll transform a cargo bay into it or, or something. And everyone just stand there. Listen, it'll be a little uncomfortable for apparently a tenth of a second, which is how long it takes the end of the episode. Right. And uh, grand, yeah, cool. So just ring dinner reservations in uh, Cisco's in New Orleans there tomorrow. I just, it's, it's, when on Star Trek, do they get some new technology that doesn't quite work yet, and then just say, ah, fuck it. Yeah, it's like, we won't use this at all. Like, oh, I don't know, a tricobalt device in Caretaker, which really seems like something that could have come in handy against, oh, I don't know, the Borg, or Species 8472, right. or Kess. <laughs> oh, we're... That one's that one's possible coming. future episodes. That's coming. <laughs> I, I am reserving comments. So uh, to wrap it up, my pros are love Paris, uh, Kim and Balana as like a nerdy threesome that like figures out problems, and I, I I just really like their dynamic. I like their chemistry. I really like Kim and Balana and sort yeah. of like Paris in the middle of sort of the spectrum. Um, we saw that a bit in the other one we did, Favorite Son. I just really wish they would have done that more throughout the series. It really, like, bonded that group in the way that DS9 did it with Bashir and O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yes. I really, really like that. I thought Janeway was good in the episode. Um, Chakotay came off terribly, like he always does. 
I find Tuvok incredibly boring. Um, I Neil- he had nothing to do in this episode. Yeah, he was just there. Neelix was not as annoying as he usually is, and I actually felt for sure. him of them being a dick to him. In the, I was like, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> be nice. I kind of liked him He's literally him. cooking for you. Why don't you shut the uh, fuck up? He kind of had a couple of sass moments as well, which oh, I, I really liked. Yeah. He was sitting there, it's like you know, I'm aware of the fact I'm not a you know, and then later on it's like, oh, I'm so flattered. I can yeah. tell. And the doctor stuff was cool. Kess was. She was not checked into this episode. Um, So I really, and honestly, like the concept, how we got there, for me, it was all prose until, until it was lizard time. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Prose cons? Like very, very, very similar. Um, When, you know, like, because I think because of how it ended, it undercut what could have been, you know, so I'm trying to think of those episodes of Trek, which are about, you know, as you say, we've got new tech that yeah, you know, yeah. we tried or some of those can be uh, watershed episodes. Like you will always remember them for some mm. reason or they a new phaser or a new tricorder or a new something. This was a new type of propulsion, much like they did it much better when it came to slipstream drive mm-hmm. later on in Voyager, you know, uh, and it's like, okay, okay. But it was too concerned on the body horror that it yeah. took something that could have been a monumental part of Voyager um, or I suppose Star Trek overall but and it, and it just got lost in it and then unfortunately now when I do have sympathy because you were you were dealing with a network you can't go too far into body horror like you can't Cronenberg this right. uh, in the way that if it was made today like I'd say Paris would be missing half a face and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, it could work. Actually, if this was happening in Discovery, you would have David Cronenberg on set going, actually, this is how I do it. Right. You know, considering he is, um, oh no, no, his character's name's escaped me. Never remember. And you don't remember on your ups and downs either. You're like, I'm not going to call That's him. That's true. I just call him Cronenberg. Also, when your name is Cronenberg, why choose anything else? Right. Alrighty, well, um, we're going to choose something else for this episode. I'm interested to see how you're fixing it. I don't think you're going to fix it the way the way that I did, because I mentioned Nth Degree, and you were like, oh, that would be a good idea. So wait for my judge. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back after this little break. Hi, gay. Do you like Star Trek? Do you like gay? Well, then you might want to join the Star Trek Zhuzh Orations fan community over at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H. Why would you want to do that? Well, one, you think that Sean and or I are pretty, and you would like to lift us out of abject poverty. Or because you really like this podcast and you want to help support it and keep it afloat by allowing us to afford the administrative expenses of doing it. Or... You just want some exclusive content. So what's exclusive content on the Star Trek Jujurations Patreon? That is your ability to get the episode before anyone else. You can also see the video recording of us doing the episode where we wear our Starfleet uniforms, me, my single Next Generation Command uniform, and Sean rotating through his collection of probably about 359 different uniforms, which is currently the number of uniforms on screen between Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and Star Trek Picard, because apparently uniforms are custom to your design now. 
You can also have direct interaction with us with Ask Me Anythings that we'll hold, a weekly live event where we will be watching the episode that we are going to review, and even your ability to participate by helping us choose the next episodes on the podcast. So if you like gay, and you like Star Trek, and you like supporting independent creators and writers who are trying to do their thing, head on over to patreon.com slash startrekzhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H, and find a membership tier that works for you. In fact, I'm going to throw in a sweetener. If you sign up for our biggest tier, the most exclusive tier, which is our commander tier, for three months, I will give you a fourth month for free if and only if you direct message me on Patreon and tell me what this is. Do, 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 do. See you on the Patreon. All right, so as I said, I go a little more nth degree, and I actually had an idea that I jotted down quick uh, to add to it while we were talking when we, when I mentioned the um, uh, environment episode of, of um, environmental destruction episode uh, where warp uh, hurts subs or destroys subspace um, in the next generation, whichever one that was. Um, oh what yeah, was the name yeah. of that Force episode? Of course of nature right so uh i actually added something about that in here so here's here's what i'm doing i am making it more nth degree okay i am keeping everything up through the warp 10 is successful maybe minor you know script edits here and there you know because of some stupid lines or some Uh, odd monologues but like generally everything the same he gets back from his warp 10 flight okay so similar to barkley in the nth degree he starts changing but he in no way ever becomes a lizard um he starts so first off it's all like mental stuff he starts predicting things because he was outside of time for a while so he starts um, so, like, one one instance, it's kind of similar to Favorite Son. One instance, a ship comes up. Like, this takes place over several weeks as they're trying to develop the technology to, for, to like, retrofit Voyager. It's going to mm. take, like, months to do or something. So this is taking place over time. Um, he's a, They're approached by, like, a ship in distress. When they show up, Paris, like, panics and immediately, like, disables it and, like, takes over control, fires it, like, similar to what Kim did in Favorite Son. And, like, they're all like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, oh, well, and he basically, like, describes the plot of an entire episode. Well, they're going to say that they did this, but they actually did this, and what they were actually after was this, and they're going to trick you with this and this and that. And they're all like, he's like, I saw all of it. You know, he knows. Like, he he's, you know, seen it. Now, he doesn't have access to the entirety of the history of the universe, but things, like, pop up because he remembers from his time sort of outside of time seeing how things happens and like you know and as Janeway and Chakotay like push him on it about how he shouldn't have done it he was like captain you would have that's where you died you know like he he like knew like the, the the this would have this conduit would have exploded you would have this and that you would have been you know you would have died in sickbay over the course of two weeks you know I'd saved you and it's just like uh Okay, well, how do like, we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, was this bad? Like, was this... And they can't really, like, reconcile that. So now Paris, like, Barkley is starting to become a dick 
because he's becoming more advanced. He can, you know, he's becoming smarter. He starts for fun pointing out crew members to Balana and Kim in the mess hall and telling them like, oh, that one dies uh, when we beam down to this and that in about two years. Um, oh, that one has a kid and that, you know, the kid gets sick with this and the doctor's not able to this and that. And he like finds it like, curious like it's not there's no emotion to it it's just isn't that neat that i know this and isn't oh, that okay. neat that i know yeah. this and balana and kim are just like horrified then we start getting sort of advancements to his um to his like biology he develops enhancements to his eyesight he starts developing like minor telepathy he starts losing his hair because i like the idea of that and like becoming you know bald but in again i i must emphasize in no way does he become a space lizard? Because I don't think that's the future of humanity. I don't think we regress to a post-verbal um, lizard. That seems like a de-evolution. Or it seems right? like a hell of a party. Right. And in that way, it's almost TNG Genesis. Yes. Right? Yes, very much so. Uh. Right. Okay. Anyway... So he has, like, that seizure. Eventually he's, you know, because he refuses to go to sickbay. There's nothing wrong with him. Everything is right with him. I'm becoming, you know, the most advanced human ever. Like, fuck y'all. Because he's becoming a dick as well. So he has that seizure. He collapses. They take him to sickbay. And the doctor finds out that what's happening is he is using 100% of his brain. Uh, okay. okay. And it's it's trying to reconcile... He was outside of time. He saw the entirety of the universe and time. And his human brain is doing anything it can to evolve to be able to handle that level of information. That information. Gotcha. Okay. Right. And it, it like, basically short-circuited him eventually as all these things are, like, surfacing. Um, so he's basically having, like, a computer meltdown, right? So they're able, so his brain sort of evolves enough and maybe he changes a bit more. Maybe he goes, like, Telosian and his brain starts, like expanding and he's like got a weird skull now um so he's he he's you know able to 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 go back to duty but she has him on she has chakotay and tubak watching him and he has limited duties which he starts getting pissed about and they discover that the warp 10 experiment while successful um and they maybe find it with like communications it completely destroyed subspace in the area Okay. Because of, you know, it, it had a massive impact. So between the effects that Paris had, that, that happened on Paris, and, you know, just extreme environmental problems, um, uh, Janeway cancels the upgrades until they can do more, they can figure it out a bit more. And, like, she goes to Paris to tell him, you know, like, it's promising, but, you know, we're going to have to work on it a bit more until I'm ready to, like, do it. And he's like, Fuck, fuck space. You know, he's turned into a complete asshole. So he's like, I don't care. Destroy subspace, you know? We, we In the future, we find ways to do... We don't need subspace. Like, whatever. And she's... You know, they have an argument about it. Um, she starts to wonder whether he needs de-evolved. Because at that point, it was like, we can't change what's happening to him. You know, mm -hmm. like, he's, he's advancing. This isn't a problem. And now she starts to see it as, like, a real... Problem. So he becomes obsessed. He goes to Jonas because he saw everything. So he knows. He knows what Jonas is up to and all of that. And he's like, look, you'll help me finish this. Because you're, you're a trainer. Okay, like, okay. You'll, you'll help me get this done. 
So Jonas helps him because he's advanced. He can, you know, it's going to take them months. It'll take me hours. So he and Jonas start doing the retrofits undercover. When it happens, the, you know, the, the ship just starts, you know, moving in warp out of nowhere. They find out it's Paris. Jonas is no longer... So, like, it's basically like, help me do this, and then, like, I'll cover for you. So Jonas goes back to, you know, pretending, like, oh, God, I don't know what's happening. He's in, you know, engineering with Bellana. Um, So they're trying to stop the ship. Um, they eventually, you know, that's the action piece. They eventually find him. They, they you know, maybe it's a chase through the ship. They overcome the system barriers that he has. Maybe it's Bellana having to, like, outsmart the most advanced, you know, thing in the that they've ever seen and they eventually be given 10 minutes to do it as well because that's how right. Star Trek does things right 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 it's done they incapacitate him and Janeway makes the decision they, the doctor is basically like we can undo all of this but it'll happen again if Paris still has all of this memory and all of this you know all of this information about the universe like, he'll ju- it'll just start again because it was a reaction. His body was reacting to, like, having too much info, or basically. So she's like, wipe his memory. Like, wipe, wipe. Uh, like, to to the point of um, of where, you know, wipe his short-term memory up and so that he doesn't have, you know, post the flight. Okay. And he's like, it's not that exact. And she's like, do it. So she does. So he does. He wakes up. All he remembers is probably, like, up to the holodeck situation, and that's okay. it. And they have to tell him, no, you did it, Tom. Like, you did it. Um, so he has no memory of Jonas, so that can still, you know, it doesn't ruin the Jonas story arc for later. Right? So he is, so every, you know, and, you know, yeah, it ends with him just being wiped clean. And, you know, she tells him, you know, keep working on it. Keep doing your experiments. You know, they let him know what happened. And he, you know, apologizes to the people he needs to apologize to. And, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It takes away some of the ridiculousness of it. Um, is yeah, okay, that works for me. Um, and also I like that you keep the Jonas reveal without revealing Jonas. Right. Because I, I researched it because I couldn't remember what happened to him. And I researched it. I was like, oh, we need him for a full episode where they, like, track him down. So I was like, okay, I need something... That, like, if he uses Jonas, because it wraps that storyline into the episode more rather than just having it as an Easter egg for later. Because he really yeah. doesn't, like, his whole thing about telling the Kazon really doesn't lead to anything in the episode itself. It really yeah, kind of doesn't. No. Which is which is fine, because I actually like when seeds are planted for later, because it it rewards loyal viewers. Yes. You know, like, that's why I love that. That's why I love D-Space Nine. Like, it, if you watched... It, every episode works on its own, but if you've watched them all, you get an even, like, it's like as a thank you. You get an even enhanced experience, which is what I like. Um, I like that a lot. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So I went nth degree. How are you going? Okay. Um, my judge is three words long. Lizards be fucking. Is this backwards on your screen? For the, for the benefit of people who are looking at the video right now, I have three words oh. written down, and it is threshold is perfect. 
Threshold is a necessary episode that I would not change a single goddamn moment of, Jack. The look of betrayal in this man's eyes right now. Right, so, my reasoning being, um, it is pure nonsense. It is always in the top ten list of worst episodes ever, and it is one of the least offensive episodes to ever enter that list because there are some there are episodes that are bad and they deserve to be called bad code of honor i'm looking at you there are episodes that are bad because the world was against them shades of gray i'm looking at you and then there are episodes that are bad and they're mean as well profit and lace i'm looking at you Mm. then you have threshold and threshold is just This is as close to a wacky alternate universe episode of just nonsense and it has no stakes and no consequences or anything like that uh, as you were likely to get up to that point. Um, We have obviously a couple of Mirror Universe episodes later on. And what it did is it gave Robert Duncan McNeil something to do because he was really had wallflowered by this point in in Voyager. You don't Uh, want to give him something better to do? I, I just want to give him anything, anything to do. Uh, and I think he sells it. I don't like, I think he's, it's not a great script. So I think he sells it as, as well as he can. Uh, there are some continuity issues which might need to be tidied up. For example, some of the things he said about Admiral Paris, we later find out to be, well, that's, that is not the Admiral Paris that turns up later on in Voyager. Um, but that's just early writers, right? Um, I would rejiggle, I would have to rejiggle the ending. Actually, it is perfect, but... Uh, you have to give us something. Give us some sort of acknowledgement of, particularly Janeway's like, you know, well, it's weird to have two feet again. You know, anything like that. Um, I would. This this remove. podcast is not called Star Trek Rejigilations. No, 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 no. Right. Well, then I'm going to double down. Threshold is perfect. I will defend this onto my dying breath, and I I'm going to echo the words of Brannon Braga here, who wrote this. He wrote hundreds of episodes of Star Trek. Mm. It is always threshold that people will bring up to him first. And rightly so, because it is awful and it's fun. That's what a lot of the other bad episodes don't have. This episode who, is Who wrote fun. These Are the Voyages? Uh, him. him? A terrible joke there. Uh, Satan. <laughs> um, uh, Jay- I, believe, I believe it was Berman and Braga. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm, mm. Um, well, um, that's not fun. These um, that's the difference. Um, um, I've I've short circuited Jack. Everybody. He looks so right. upset. He looks like he's really questioning whether to continue. Well with then. His pod. Well then, if you've decided to do this to me, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna change my judge. Oh, so, okay. So so same thing. We get up to the warp ten threshold, yeah. but instead of evolving, he starts de-evolving into a 12th century Irish person. He begins okay. drinking mead and uh, washing feet. Cool. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, and then he takes over the ship for a desperate search for his lucky charms. Cool. And cool. Um, finds a leprechaun on the surface of the planet, cool. mates with it, has leprechaun Excellent. babies. Excellent. Chakotay beams down and murders them all. The and, standard. um and then bring him up for the doctor to perform uh, de-Irishization. Or as we call it, Anglicization. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and 
That's well, not you can do it. Let's get some more stereotypes. You haven't even mentioned Guinness. Come on. Right, sponsored. That's how they get money for the for the special effects of the episode. It's sponsored hey, by Guinness. Cool. Sponsored by Guinness and filmed through a potato. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, so part of his changes are like his diet is now one hundred percent potatoes. Yeah, and and he just and, he just eats them raw. He just and has, do you know like, what? Do you know what as well? You know the way like obviously in the episode it is Paris like dies for a few hours. This is because mm-hmm. they run out of potato. This is addressing Irish history. This is the famine is being right. addressed in this episode as well. You thought I'd get wound up with this. I'm like, no, we're doubling down on this. You thought Fairhaven was bad. Wait till you see Jack's threshold. <laughs> and the only way that he can come back uh, from his transformation is if he kisses the Blarney Stone. Which, aren't they ta- so happy they have Warp 10 that they can just nip back to the Blarney Stone straight away? Right. No, they, they have it on on the ship. Every Starfleet ship uh, gets a uh, historical um, uh, artifact to carry with it uh, through, you know, to expand humanity. And uh, Voyager was given the Blarney Stone. Right. Except we have to rename the Voyager the USS Fiddly D. The USS Fiddly And he says that as he's like... Take commandeering the ship and taking it to um, the leprechaun planet. Um, he's just typing on the helm, fiddly dee. And then they have like, and like, they got computer. that music. They got yeah, that hundred percent. And they go, they go, computer, can you translate what he's saying? And then it just becomes the computer voice becomes Miles O'Brien going, ah, Jesus, for the rest of the episode. Right. All right. Well, since you decided to abdicate your responsibilities to judge this episode, I have ah. judged it twice uh, and once just to. Uh, personally uh, attack you. And it works. All right. Well, we will be right back after this little break to... Um, to so we've, we've previewed this in the past. This will be our 10th episode, and so we have decided to do a Star Trek gusheration, mainly because we're afraid that by watching all of these problematic episodes, we might actually turn ourselves off to Star Trek after mm. so many viewings. So we need we need... We need to take some medicine. We need to bring back our love for for Star Trek just in case it's faltering in any respect. So we're going to have a gusheration. We're going to pick an episode that Sean loves for number 10. And uh, we're going to talk about that next week. So we'll find out what that is right after this break. Excellent. Hi, gay. Do you like sex? Do you like gay? Then you might like my other podcast that I currently co-host with J.J. Bozeman called Dying Alone Together. What do we do on Dying Alone Together? Well, we talk about uh, dating and sex and relationships in New York City. You can hear fun stories like the time J.J. got into a windowless van to jerk off with a Hasidic Jewish person. You can also hear about my time in Fire Island where I woke up in a man's bed covered in my own diarrhea. Or how about J.J.'s handy medical tips, including his homeopathic remedy for anal fissures, which includes syringes and raw eggs. So if you like me on this podcast and you think I'm funny and you want to hear more about my horrific dating and sex life in New York City, join us over wherever you listen to, well, this, at Dying Alone Together. Guests include RuPaul's Drag Race's own Britta Filter and Honey Davenport, legendary drag icon Sherry Vine, and we do actually have non-drag guests, which include HBO Max's The Minx's Oscar Montoya and your very own Sean Farrick, who joined us for a very special episode. So if you like gay and you like sex, you are going to love Dying Alone Together. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. Okay, so for my gusheration, um, I had a I had a think about you know there's the obvious ones which are 
presumably we will do as we go down the line, but I, I didn't want to do for our first one. I didn't want to do yesterday's Enterprise. I didn't want to do Best uh-huh. of Both Worlds, which are amazing, amazing episodes. But right. I wanted to do one that I think should be in, let's say there's so many good episodes. We'll say top 20 of all of Star Trek, right? That uh-huh. I think is so good. And it's an Enterprise episode and it's from the second season and it's called Regeneration. And it is an... No, 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 no. Let me let, let you of the of the facial expressions. Now, let me just say, it succeeded in undoing a lot of the damage Voyager did to the Borg. It is an excellent, excellent Borg episode. One of the great Enterprise episodes from the first two seasons, and it is, and that musical score by Brian Tyler is just outstanding. Regeneration, that's my gusheration. So I watched this uh, within the last three months and hated it. Well, we're going to change your mind. All right. We'll look forward to uh, to Sean changing my mind on uh, Enterprise. Um, you know, it, it, my favorite thing about Enterprise is that it came in contact with the Ferengi. It came in contact with the Borg. It said, you know what? Star Trek The Next Generation, you all are these great first moments for the Federation. And eh, we want them. So we're taking them. Oh, uh, we need to open your mind to Enterprise, sir. We need to open your mind. Right. Well, um, that'll require um, a trip to Warp 10. So uh, join us next week on our very first Gusheration. We are going to take a break uh, after that for a couple weeks. Um, we'll maybe provide you with some... Uh, additional content just so we can regroup. It takes a lot to produce these episodes. If you'd like to help us produce these episodes or get extra content, you can join our Patreon where we do live watch parties. You get the episode before anyone else. You get the full video version of this episode. Um, lots of perks, lots of stuff. So um, And it helps us, you know, the, fund the costs of, of recording this and editing this and all that great stuff. You can also, so that's at patreon.com slash Star Trek Zhuzh, Z-H-U-Z-H. You can also buy exclusive merch, which is only available for a limited time. We make a t-shirt, you can get it on a mug, you can get it on whatever you want through Redbubble, um, of something that we say in every single one of our episodes. So every episode has a custom t-shirt uh, or or whatever you want it on limited edition. We're only going to make it available for a little bit of time, um, so make sure to hop over and get it now. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, we've only released two of our episodes, so you've got the "I'm not a I'm a doctor, not a princess" from Shore Leave. You've got um, "Done a light that candle." Done a light that candle. Right. I'm coming up with the the third episode, which was "These are the voyages now." Um, so yeah. Get yourself some merch, join our Patreon, and of course, follow us on Instagram at, at Star Trek Zhuzh for all of our lovely memes and a preview of what's coming next. You can also follow me at, at Jack, Jack Tracy Official. Where can they follow you, Sean? You can follow me on Twitter, Insta, and TikTok at Sean Ferrick. S E A N. S E A N, the right spelling of Sean. Well, uh, we will join you next week, and until then, live long and prosper. You're awesome. Woo! 
Star Trek Jujurations is not endorsed by CBS, Viacom, Paramount Pictures, or any of their subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Star Trek Jujurations theme song includes elements of the Star Trek The Next Generation main title and is done so under U.S. copyright for fair use for parody.